Oh, welcome back, you proud Steeler fans of a 400-yard team. This is the Northern Steel Podcast. I'm your host, Dominic, and with me, as always, is my brother, Chris. This is episode 65, Mm -hmm. the Dad Moore Mm -hmm. episode. Just kidding. Chris, name me that famous 65. uh, Gerald, Gerald Hawkins. Oh, that's better than Dan Moore. Is it though? It is to me. Nah, I don't Welcome know. Back. <laughs> Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, the Steelers are fresh off a week 12 victory against yes, the Cincinnati Bengals. They won 16 to 10, fresh off a week of preparing with Matt Canada being fired. Woo. And, uh, you know, and they did some good things. So before we get into our recap and analysis of the game, like every week, we'll do the highlights. And if you happen to miss that game because you're too busy in roaming the streets looking for a lost joke to tell, because <laughs> I have nothing, then we got the highlights for you. First play on the offense post Met Canada, and my God. Is that the middle of the field? A play-action deep pass to Pat Fryermuth? I could cry tears from my eyes and my loins. Unfortunately, a promising start doesn't mean much as the Steelers punt, but Jake Browning playing, there isn't much to worry about, as he stands in the pocket for about six Mississippis and gets crushed by TJ Watt for the sack. Apparently, the new poster child for a dirty player because he hits a widow too hard. Steelers back on offense, and just because Matt Canada is gone doesn't mean Kenny wants to stop spinning into sacks as the Bengals lineman brushes against his jersey and Kenny falls over. Steelers now facing a third and long, and we've seen this before. Might as well send out the punt unit now, except was this? Another deep pass over the middle, the fryer move? Was it really Canada this whole time? That's rhetorical, of course it was. After a dropped, not challenged touchdown by DJ, Warren fumbles the ball in scoring territory, and the Bengals recover. Deontay Johnson watches the fumble hit the ground and puts in zero effort to go after it, probably because he's used to the ball hitting the turf a lot when he doesn't catch it and deems it no big deal. Did I mention that it's a contract year for DJ? At this time, I'd like to pay a special tribute to all my Najee haters saying that he is so bad. Well, how about you get your stumpy little ass to play a football game and drag the entire Bengals defense 20 plus yards? Najee proving to be a man amongst boys with that carry. But let's not only give our love to the running backs, as Kenneth Shane Pickett III rips a great deep pass down the sidelines to Deontay Johnson for a great pass and catch. After a nasty divorce with Matt Canada, this offense is looking rejuvenated. Only problem now is learning the finish as the Steelers settle for a field goal, giving us a 3-0 lead. Nothing like a kickoff showing up on a highlight reel must mean either a turnover or a great return. I suspect the latter, as Bengals bring the ball to just about midfield. But no worries, consider it luck. You know, you can only be so lucky in a single game for so long, right? Right? Well, wrong. Browning throws what should have been an interception, only for it to land miraculously in the hands of Jamar Chase as he scampers deep into the red zone, setting the Bengals up nicely on this drive. It's fine, nothing's hurt, and it's not like something like that will happen again in this game. Anyway, the Bengals end up capitalizing, now taking the lead 
seven to three, and somehow on our best offensive day, we are losing. Sad, 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 sad times. Sounds about right there, Chris. And with a touchdown on Drew Sample, it can't get much worse. But Bengals still have the ball in his highlights somehow, and Browning has the ball on a third and five and decides to roll to his left, making it easier for Nick Herbig to set him in his sights, and he's just blasted for the sack. Nick Herbig may play three snaps a game, but by God, does he make them count. Bengals have the ball again, and I mean, can we move on? We know they're not winning this game. But this time, Shannon Sullivan tries to sack him, but instead just throws his body at him. Like, what are you doing? And Browning throws an absolute rainbow lob to a wide receiver for the first down. Later in that drive, Bengals try to string something together, and he throws it to Jamar Chase, who is one-on-one with JPJ down the sideline, and Chase just nabs it. Look, I don't even have a joke. Sometimes as a quarterback, you get got, and Chase is one of the best wide receivers in the league. You win some, you lose some is all I'm saying. Will somebody make a play? This time, yes, as Browning tries to throw to Chase again, but doesn't see Trenton Thompson play the flat zone, and he picks him off. Trenton Thompson messes around, he might get some more playing time. He almost secured a pick last week and secures one today. It sounds like I'm just making jokes, and it's because without Joe Burrow, or even Bengals fans know they're cooked. What's there to make fun of anymore? The Steelers are just going to start driving, and look, I'm just skipping past all these plays, and Kenny also takes a sack, and it doesn't matter. We're in the red zone now. I'm yawning through this. Najee gets a touchdown easily to make the score 10-10. In a game where we're tied with Jake Browning's Bengals, I still feel no stress. I'm sorry, Bungles. Better luck next year. However, let me give my flowers to Najee, who's been running like a beast. Good on you, Najee. At some point in this game, I suspect to see this offense slow down, but golly gee, it's the opposite, as Kenny Massive Ween Pickett delivers a beautiful ball to George Pickens to keep our drive alive, and hopefully keep picking ships at bay, satisfying his need to contribute to this offense. But of course, one improvement at a time as we settle for yet another field goal as Boz puts it through the uprights. And would you look at this? I am in straight tears watching Naj do what we all hoped for as he gains yet another 20 yards on this play. Beautiful execution. And you know what? You might as well keep feeding this man as Naj nears 100 yards and puts the Steelers beyond 400 yards for the first time in 59 games, Canada. 59 games. Boz ends that drive with yet another field goal, bringing the lead to nine as he waves goodbye to the Bengals in cocky fashion. Goodbye, Bungles. Bengals need a score here, and Browning flips just a little past Joe Mixon, who finally does something in this game. He's breaking ankles on and off the field. Okay, that might be a lazy joke. Let me try a different one. Of course, Joe Mixon still has some fight left in him. That's not much better. Either way, the Bengals kick a field goal to bring it in with six points. All they need to do is kick an onside kick, have it go their way, but that's rarely done. And instead, George Pickens nabs the onside and stays upright and inbounds long enough to go past the two-minute warning mark. And the Steelers just need to kneel the ball from there. Steelers win with 400 yards for the first time in 58 games, I think. Yeah, I mean, I was including the playoff loss. For the first time in 58 regular season games that count, and this might, things might finally be looking up. Mm. They might be. They might be, indeed. Who knows? Also, I am in love because I've made it the last two weeks. I love the jokes when we say uh, whittled, like 
anything W with L's. I don't know why. It makes me laugh every time. It's like, those are little bitty wigs. Well, that's the thing is, and we can talk about that right now, is is everyone likes to pretend, or not pretend, but it seems like TJY has become the poster child for dirty players when it just isn't the case. He just plays hard. I think he hits he hits people hard and and the NFL is soft and fans of today are soft. And I'm, looking, was I'm looking at say. you, Browns fans. Browns fans are also soft. They're crying about Denver hitting their guys. Dude. They're crying when we hit their guys. Everyone's just crying. It's so funny because like growing up, I feel like we definitely saw what could be considered dirty, but the NFL doesn't allow any kind of contact really anymore. You know what I mean? Like to say TJ Watt is a dirty player in today's game when it's practically two hand touch football. <laughs> I, I mean, whatever. There, there's been way worse hits. I have not seen TJ do anything dirty. Yeah, he might have had one late roughing the passer call, but like, I don't know. You're in the game. You don't know what's happening. Like, if the, you but might the, not see the like. I don't know. It's it's just ridiculous. Is, is if, if the people want to make him, if people want to make TJ Watt their bully, fine by me. I don't care. Yeah. Matter of fact, I think we're missing a bully on our team. So if people want to think that TJ Watts the bully, anything to get people scared of the Steelers again, because nobody's afraid of the Steelers. So True. by all means, make them the bully. Uh, yeah. Doesn't bother me but, at all. Alas, I think the thing that bothers me the most is the fact that uh, everyone is getting nods to this DPOY, and they're just like, mm, not TJ's year. Like, come on, this dude is unbelievable. And I think they just don't want him to have it because he's a stealer, but. Well, whatever. I mean, everyone, the teachers have a good year. Don't get me wrong. But like, but we talked about this a little before, but everybody in the NFL who's supposed to be up for awards this year is kind of not playing at an insane level. I mean, Jalen Hurts is the MVP lead front runner and he's got like 18 touchdowns and 10 picks. I know the he's popularity. Got, I know he's got 11 more rushing touchdowns, but. It's just not like it used to be, man. It's not my no. football from back in the day. <laughs> it's turning into a popularity contest more I than my actual. Last thing on the on the dirty play stuff is I saw a tweet where some more Browns fans are crying about the way the Broncos were hitting their players and was arguing about it. And someone was like, "No, it's not dirty. He's hitting them there." And he's like, "Oh, so he's not supposed to just hit him as hard as he can?" And this guy goes, "Hike up your nuts. It's football." And I couldn't agree more. <laughs> <laughs> I, true. Very, very true. So back to the Steelers win against the Cardinals, Chris. What are some of the thoughts you had? We won. I know we only won. Oh, sorry. Against the Bengals. Against the Bengals. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. As you can see, I'm already moving on. But <laughs> well, yeah, as we should. I mean, there's not a whole lot to talk about. I, actually, I, I disagree. What, what looked to be a very lackluster game, I feel like I was actually excited because this was the first time I actually saw our offense do something consistently yeah. through the entire game. Which was nice. Like you said, you were not nervous. It was like fun to watch, which is cool. There's points, especially when the Bengals did have the lead. I was like, ha typical. We're winning this game. Or like we're leading in yards by like this large number and we're losing. But um, no, it it was good. And, and I mean, talk about the uh, nail in the coffin for Mr. Matt Canda, who's probably angrily watching this game on his couch. Uh, you know, he's probably praying for any kind of downfall to happen. And it was exactly the opposite. Obviously, I wish we would have capitalized on some of those drives. But hey, one thing at a time, I think if we can get this offense continuing to move the way that they did, 
the points will come, right? We just got to stay consistent with what we saw. Yeah, the thing, obviously the yards is, is huge, and there was a lot of um, different looks from the offense that we haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I know I was joking around in the highlights, but, I mean, he threw so many passes, deep play-action passes over the, over the middle of the field to Fryermuth. Beautiful. And um, we've been missing tight end football play, and we were wondering, like, what's the issue? Is it Kenny or is it Pat? And it, or is it Kenny or is it Matt? Excuse me. And clearly it's Matt. Yeah. Because Matt Kenny's gone, and they started over the middle. Um, also, Kenny took a lot of shots. It wasn't like he was just playing yes. dink and dunk the whole time. He, he No. He threw it deep to Deontay, threw it deep to George. He he was taking his shots when he had to. And like you said, we just need to convert it to points at this at this juncture. But that was just a week worth of uh preparation and uh with with a new offensive coordinators with Eddie Faulkner and Sullivan. And um so we'll see how what new wrinkles are added in. I think one of the things I liked is that they spread the ball around a lot. Uh, whether that's mm-hmm. by design or maybe Kenny. The, the, the thing is, is it can't just all be Kenny because it has to be all elements, right? Because Kenny looks very confident. He's He looked more confident than he has in the past, maybe five or six weeks. He, and he just, he just had a different aura about him and uh, that can't just all be Kenny just deciding to be confident. It's got to be part of, the game plan and the communication that they've prepped for. And the, the, the thing that I think what's interesting as when we talked about this last week, we're like, okay, so they fired Matt Canada. Um, they should have done this earlier is, and they did it now. Like, what's the deal? Like, like, is this going to be good or bad? And it's kind of both because it's like, okay, so they had their first good game. They could try to build on. Um, that's good but also bad because then you hear things and you're like, why did they keep this man around for so long? Mm-hmm. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, one of the biggest things that came out this week is that Matt Canada didn't allow the offensive assistants any input on the game plan throughout the week. And there'd be no communication with the other offensive assistants. It'd just be him deciding it. And he was bad at communication in general, which coincides with the schemes confusing players. It coincides with players not being on the same page through 12 weeks in the NFL. It coincides with all these communication issues. And it sounds like how they prepared last week is they just all met together. Players and coaches, everybody's a big unit and they all met together. And it, you could tell there's a different sense of confidence and camaraderie out there. It just mm-hmm. was different. Yeah. Um, I mean, to piggyback off of that too, we we've said it before with the Steelers employing the smallest coaching staff in the NFL. I mean, like to the fact that we found out that Canada was not incorporating any offensive assistance or helps from anybody. And it's just making it like, it's bad enough when we don't have the extra coaches to help, but then when we do and you won't allow them to help out your team and, and realistically, like what harm is that going to do Canada? Like what, what ego trip do you need to be on to not let people assist you when clearly what you have been doing was not working? Were you going to wait for your 60th game to like maybe be like, you know what? We we gave it 60 games right. and we still have a winning record, so I'll let them try. I mean, enough is enough. And I think we saw that. I think Tomlin was starting to lose the locker room a little bit. And, a, and a players, <laughs> yeah, fair, a lot of bit. And players and coaches and fans, everybody around and associated with the Pittsburgh Steelers were getting frustrated. So I'm very glad with this move to get move on from Canada. And I think it 
it clearly showed. And, uh, you know, if you listen to other sitter podcasts, maybe you listen to Big Ben's podcast, and he even mentioned, you know, he's he's kind of been a big advocate for Canada, and he because I don't I just don't think he wants to see anyone fired. He could, you know, without being in the locker room, he can't really pinpoint a problem. Mm-hmm. The one thing that he said was during his time, and he said he can't speak for the years he wasn't there. This is just when he was there, his last year in 2021, with the, Matt Canada's first year at OC. That Matt Canada, Ben always liked to talk to his offensive coordinators. He wanted to be really close and really tight with his offensive coordinators, and Matt Canada wouldn't talk to him. And, the, and that was the first time in his career he didn't have like a close relationship with his OC because Matt Canada didn't want to. Now, if he continued that these past two years with Kenny, it's like what like the red flags are there. Why? Why was he kept around for as long as he has? And I'm not saying Kenny isn't to blame for some of it, but at the same time, like how how can you put a lot of it on him knowing that? Because it's like you're literally supposed to be molding this young man, this young rookie into being a quarterback for a franchise that has had a a future a future Hall of Famer for 20 years, right? Like it, we we knew it wasn't going to be straight off the bat like Kenny's going to explode into this league, but like we said it at the beginning of the year, we needed a new offensive coordinator, someone to mold Kenny to work with them. And like if that obviously is speculation, but if that was the case where Canada wasn't talking or having relationships or stuff, I can definitely see where Kenny, you know, didn't benefit at all. In fact, it probably made him regress, which is what we saw in the first part of the season. It did nothing. It did nothing but damage his um, growth. Mm-hmm. It did nothing but stunt his growth. So that's what we talked about last week. Where these last seven games, now six games, are going to be a good test as fans to figure out. What uh, Kenny brings to the table at quarterback? What can he do? Will he improve? I think this first game was an improvement based on the way he's been playing. I know there's no touchdowns there, but it was an improvement based on the stuff we've been watching this last week. And now we got these these next six games to really hope that he can improve. And like we talked about last week, it doesn't need to be astronomical. It doesn't need to be crazy, but just just showing what he did last week plus maybe some touchdowns, right? Um uh, he he has the skill set. We just need to see some kind of improvement so we can build upon that for next year with hopefully a better OC. Someone who I hope is in line for a promotion instead of someone who just got fired. I'm looking at you, everyone who wants Frank Reich from the Carolina Panthers. I would like someone who's not fired, but someone who needs to be in for promotion, like maybe Clint Kubiak for the 49ers. But again, sure. we'll just, we'll discuss those things when those things happen. Um, defense played well. I mean, they played as good as they had to. Yeah, it's Jake Browning's Bengals. There's not much to say. TJ had two sacks. Cam had a sack. There's a pick. Um, it, it, uh, thankfully, we didn't need to. We didn't need them. Well, I, I, that's not true because these because we didn't score a lot of points. It just felt like. I don't. I just didn't feel stress in the game. I didn't feel like the defense needed to give us a stop. I kind of just felt like they were going to get a stop, um, no matter what. And uh, I don't know. It, it felt weird, but it's good. It's yeah. good that they got to be on the sidelines a lot. The offense had a lot of time and possession, so that's really great. And mm-hmm. hopefully, this is a trend moving forward. Not to mention, Minka should be back this week. He's been practicing finally. Ooh. So Ooh. hopefully, Minka's back. Uh, otherwise, love that. I don't, I, I don't got much else to say. I think I, I, uh, we, we touched on briefly, but Najee ran really well. He had 99 mm-hmm. yards. I wish he would have got 100. So, because I know a lot of people like to use that against him. 
But regardless, he ran really well. Um, and uh, I like the running back duo we have. One week it's Jalen, one week it's Najee. Doesn't matter. They both run well. They both run hard. The, the line was blocking good. I, don't, I mean, I got nothing to say, man. I, 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 before we move on into the next thing, unless you have something to say about this, before we move on into the Cardinals and stuff, I will say that in terms of these next six weeks, we do play some lesser opponents. We play the Cardinals. We play the Patriots. We play the Bengals again. If you are starting to think about playoffs at this point as a fan, optimistically, if you're thinking about playoffs and you're thinking about a division title even, right? And you want to be optimistic about well, what are, uh, this team can make a run. You need to see some big things happen in these last weeks. You need to see them go on a run. You need to see them probably win out, in my opinion. And not to make the playoffs, but just so that you have confidence they can win a playoff game. You need to see them win out. And I know the Steelers have not had a lot of games where they win by multiple possessions, but they need to in some of these. They they do. Yeah, zero games by multiple possessions. Yeah. But they but they need to beat like and we'll talk about this, but they need to beat the they need to beat the Cardinals by a lot. They need to beat the Patriots by a lot. The Patriots are a two win team. They need to crush the Bengals next time they play them. They need to look decisive in their victories against Seattle and Indy. Like like they need to play well so that you have confidence to see what this playoff run could look like. And now's the time to get confidence looking at the spread of games we have the next four weeks. You know, it, get it. not saying anything is guaranteed like we've uh, all uh, seen this year, but like realistically should beat the Cardinals single pretty single-handedly. You should beat the Patriots single-handedly. The Colts are the only ones where it's like, I don't know, because they're on a win streak, they could be like a little bit of a challenge, but like we should win Mm -hmm. and we should beat the Bengals again because we just saw how they are with Browning. It should be possibly for sure three, possibly four wins these next four weeks. Right. Which which, we're eight and four right now. Seven, seven and four. Seven and four right now. So so that puts you at 11 wins right there. Which is a playoff spot. Well, for sure. And and I guess from my standpoint is it's like let's I'm not worried about winning out to like hopefully secure a playoff spot somewhere mm-hmm. and other teams need to lose. It's more like for we haven't won a playoff game since 2016, so it's yeah. more like it's more like for our confidence going into the playoffs. Can we win a game? And what does that yeah. look like? If we win all these games by like three points going down the stretch, then yeah, we're probably losing round one in the playoffs. Probably. But um, hopefully they can play well. And this week's a good test against the Cardinals at home in Pittsburgh. Time for a segment that we love to call Keys to the Game. All right, Chris, Keys to the Game. Kyler Murray's coming to town. It's cold in Pittsburgh. Patrick Peterson called him uh, short or <laughs> whatever he said to him. I don't know what he said. Well, let me just so, say that was the game? first mistake that happened this week is Patrick Peterson opening his mouth. Cause I feel like anytime he predicts or says he knows a person or what they're going to do, it backfires. Now, Patrick Peterson has been playing a lot better the last few weeks. However, it just like, I'm a suspicious, I'm a like superstition guy. And like, you just don't do that. The only person so that I feel I, like has, I actually <sighs> used to agree with that, but I'm actually the opposite now. Because I, because we used to have players were like, oh, don't talk, sh- don't don't talk trash and blah blah blah. But I'm not saying Patrick Peterson's this person, 
but I watched America's Game or 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 Joey Porter. Joey Porter. Yeah, and he used to do that. I just man, and, to bring him up, and people got to, and people get mad about that when Joey Porter did it. But he also no. backed it up too, and it's like I don't know. I kind of feel like we need someone to talk trash a little bit, be kind of a bully, and he wasn't that bad in what he said. I mean, Kyler Murray is short, <laughs> but I, I mean, bringing energy to the game, absolutely. And I mean, like honestly, I think his son does a pretty good job of that, from what I understand. He's a pretty good trash talker, but not nothing media wise. But I feel like you you go to the media uh, nowadays, it's just like oof, they they run with anything they can get their well, grimy yeah. little hands on. Anyway. Uh, keys to the game coming into this week. Obviously, it's looking a little bit different, you know, and, and hopefully continues this way now that Canada is no longer in there. Um, but, you know, Cardinals are coming in there and they are not a very good team. Obviously, I think their defense is pretty atrocious and their offense doesn't really carry or possess a lot of weapons. The one weapon that um, I think uh, Mike Tomlin touched on was former Pittsburgh Steeler James Conner. Um, obviously, we understand what he is capable of, uh, and he's he's a good back when he's healthy. So, I mean, obviously, neutralizing Conner, uh, that's probably the biggest part of their offense that they're, they will need to get going for them to have any kind of success. Uh, so, I think stopping the run is going to be beneficial for us, and we've done pretty well the last few weeks with that. So, obviously, if we can keep that trend going, uh, that'll be good. Um, as far as Kyler Murray goes, I'm not really too concerned there. Not that I don't think he's talented. I just don't I, like other than Hollywood Brown. I can't really name another wide receiver or the tight end. Probably on... more, but yeah, no. Nope. I mean, not, the, tight I mean end, the tight end is Trey McBride, especially with Zach Ertz uh, requesting his release today. Exactly. So a bunch of nobodies are out there, and uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I mean, like Dom said, we we are supposed to be getting Minka Fitzpatrick back, which is a huge help. Uh, Trenton Thompson had played his best game of the year. Maybe get some more playing time uh, there, but I'm kind of hoping it is like the real deal and not like an Akella Witherspoon effect. Uh, but if it is a Kella Witherspoon effect, I hope it's the uh, one where he's good and is for like five games. So because that's all yeah. we really need him for. Just last know? out the year. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and then moving to the offensive side of the ball, keep keep doing what you're doing. I mean, we saw a lot of big splash plays from Kenny Pickett taking shots at all parts of the field. I mean, seeing the middle of the field was fantastic. Keep that up. Utilize Muth. He is clearly a dominant part to what this offense could be, which is huge. And then if you do that, it clears up the outside. There's not as much coverage on those guys. And then maybe we can get the ball over to Deontay and George Pickens on the outside. Um, I'm not too worried about our running game. Our running game has been the uh, focal point of our offense. Clearly we need a good run game, but I think, you know, just keep it steady. You don't need to do anything insane. I think to beat the Cardinals, but just play smart get some yards, hopefully score some touchdowns because now's the time to do it. And I think those are the biggest keys to winning this game. Uh, yeah, from like an offensive standpoint, weapon-wise, like you said, there's not a lot there. Um, keeping Kyler contained with pressure is going to be a big key. L- the less he runs around, the better it really is. Um, on the ra- Car- Cardinals defensive side, I know you talked about Pat and he had a big game last week. But if there's any strength in the Cardinals' defense, it is their two safeties, um, which is usually kind of hinders the tight end play. But their cornerbacks on the outside aren't very good. 
So I'm looking in the pass game, if there is a pass game to be played, and if Kenny wants to keep improving on that, it's, it should be a, a bigger game for George and Deontay. And now, I know I just said if there is a pass game. I didn't mean like Kenny's going to be bad, but the reason why I said that is because I think the as much as I would love Kenny to get on track and throw a bunch of yards, throw a bunch of touchdowns, I I think their run, the Cardinals' run defense is very poor. I know their pass defense is poor too, but the run defense is very poor. And they just gave up, I mean, 160 yards to Kyron Williams, if if not 200 to no, the full team. Like two, yeah, I think it was like 200 just to Kyron, to be honest. No, well, I don't know about that. Maybe I'll two, look it up. But, I'll fact check it. But, he, but they gave up 200 yards, I think, rushing. And I think the last time played the Rams, they gave up 200 yards rushing. And right now, yeah. Chris told me recently that um, the past couple of weeks, we're like number four in rushing. That's like yeah. week something. So obviously our run game's getting going. We're running the ball well. I kind of expect that to be more or less the same of what it's been doing. A heavy dose of Najee and Jalen, and and hopefully Kenny can find the holes where they are. Otherwise, yeah. like I, I think that's probably the biggest thing is, is it's going to be a lot of running. So hopefully, uh, kind of a similar situation as to last week, time of possession is really big on our side. We're controlling the clock, controlling the game, and mm-hmm. I foresee that um, just a complete manhandle, but hopefully we can run the ball into the end zone some more and get some more points, like Chris said. But I, I kind of expected just a classic Steelers, good defense, and a lot of running game out of them. They expect Boswell 4 for 4 for field goals and uh, one touchdown onto that. So Damn. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I hope not. But Boswell, I, a little nod to him. He's he's electric this year. I mean, really, realistically should be perfect, aside from that penalty that pushed him back and made him retry for, for further that made him miss it. But, like... Uh, whatever he's doing, keep doing it. You're yep. you're killing it. Yeah, he's phenomenal this year, and just goes to show uh, the statistical breakdown that we talked about, where he gets a new contract and then sucks that year, and then <laughs> plays good the next year. Um, that about wraps that up, Chris. You want to do our our games for the week? Pick Let's our do games. the picks. Let's do it. Doing the picks. Here we go. We got Seahawks at Cowboys. Seahawks at Cowboys. I'm probably going to go Cowboys. Yep. Same here. Colts at Titans. Colts. Going Colts. Falcons at Jets. I don't trust the Jets. Uh, and I don't think Rodgers is playing yet. So Falcons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, hilarious if he was, but no chance. Uh, Falcons are definitely... Uh, oh, not definitely, but I'm also picking the Falcons to win. Um... As long as the Jets keep starting Tim Boyle, I'm not picking them. Lions at Saints. Lions. Gotta go Lions. I gotta get back on track. Uh, good game. Probably one of the better games of the week, surprisingly. And if you would have told me this week one, I'd been like, this game's gonna suck. Broncos at Texans. <laughs> I I love this game. This is one of my favorite games of the week. Um, and I am just gonna be uh, rolling, rolling with uh, Mr. Unlimited, uh, Denver Broncos going in, and they're going to take the dub. I'm going to go Houston. I like the way CJ Straub. I mean, he's amazing. He's good. He's so he's good. good. Yeah. Every time I watch him play, I'm like, holy smokes. He's so good. He's going to be good yeah. for a long time. Uh, Chargers at Patriots. <laughs> 
Uh, Chargers, realistically, maybe they'll find a way to lose and it'll be Justin Herbert's fault. But uh, yeah. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, Chargers. <laughs> Chargers against Bailey Zapp. Still Chargers. Cardinals at Steelers. Ooh, I don't know. Steelers? Mm, maybe. Yeah, I'm going Steelers. Dolphins at Commanders. Dolphins. Dolphins indeed. Panthers at Bucks. Panthers Bucks. just fired their entire coaching staff, it seems like. Frank Reich, Deuce Staley, uh, the offensive coordinator. Deuce Staley? Uh, he was offensive assistant, yeah. Really? I didn't know that. Yep. Another person that the Steelers, some Steelers fans want to be our offensive coordinator. No. Uh, but again, I don't really want people who got fired, so. Yeah, no thanks. Anyway, uh, yeah, uh, not the Panthers. I forgot the other team, but not the Panthers. Oh, Bucks. <laughs> yeah, Bucks. <laughs> uh, probably the best game of the week, and one that I feel very alone on, on who I'm picking, but 49ers at Eagles. Mm, you are alone on this one, uh, because I'm going to go the Eagles. Oh, um, I'm not alone then. No, did you? Oh, I thought you picked the 49ers. Nope, I am also picking the Eagles, and I said very alone because everybody in the media is picking the 49ers. The Eagles have had mm. some really close wins. They haven't looked as dominant as they did last year, although the Niners went through their own losing skid, too. But everybody's picking the Niners. Everybody. But that's Give me a reason. A, that's going to be a good game. I mean, I don't have a reason for it, besides they're both just good. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. It's going to be a good game. Probably for, NFC Championship. Uh, preview right there. Unfortunately, because I think it'll be one seed and two seed, which I yeah. think is boring. But yes, it probably will be the NFC Championship. I would love for the Lions to be in it, but that's this will probably be the NFC Championship game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Browns at Rams, potentially Joe Dude. Flacco starting. Uh, the Super Bowl MVP Joe Flacco going in and losing this game to the Rams. Yeah, I'm also picking the Rams. And I told Chris, I, t- I texted Chris this, so if you are listening this far, uh, thank you for listening. But there was, when Chris and I yes. first started watching football, um, I, I knew Trent Dilfer as a bad Browns quarterback, and it wasn't until later to learn more about the history of the NFL and looked at my own things because I got so obsessed with it <laughs> that I learned Trent Dilfer was the Ravens' Super Bowl winning quarterback when they won in the year 2000 with that stellar Ravens defense. And I was telling Chris, there will be some kid out there, some kid, some Steeler fan kid, where Joe Flacco to them is just some just some Browns bad quarterback and not the Ravens quarterback that we knew. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of crazy to me. Arguably one of the best postseason quarterbacks. Yeah. Ever. And, and, to, <laughs> like, some, and, and to some kid, he'll just be their Trent Dilfer. Yeah. That's kind of crazy. We all, we all have a little Dilfer, don't we? Oh, what? What? <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, Chiefs at Packers. <clears throat> what Chiefs. a great Sunday night game. Chiefs. Chiefs. Oh, and Monday night sucks too. Bengals at Jags. That would have been good mm-hmm. at one time. Yeah, but Jags all the way. Yeah, Jags. But you know what? This is going to surprise you, Steelers fans. I'm actually going to root for the Bengals in this. Because if the Steelers can Playoffs. somehow... Make the playoffs and win the division, get a higher seating. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. It's not going to happen. That's what I'm for. No. Anyways, no. thank you for listening to the Northern Steel Podcast. My name is Dominic. This is Chris. You can follow us on Twitter, on TikTok, on Instagram, on Facebook, on Omegle, Rip, on uh, RuneScape, on Groupon. 
and on Feet Finder. Any last words, Chris? Go Steelers. Indeed. Goodbye.